Welcome back to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast. Joining us as always on Tuesdays, the prince of Twitter, the regent of redstate.com, Andrew Malcolm at A.H. Malcolm on the Twitters and uh, redstate.com, obviously, where he does all of his great VIP work. We're going to talk a little bit about his posts today and the top issues. Andrew, welcome back. Thank you. It's It's Tuesday that they're hearing this. That's right. So, so it must be a good week. It must be a good week. You know, I was, <laughs> I'd never noticed this before, but I was watching last week's podcast. Usually I'm listening to it just to make sure that it, you know, the quality is good and all that kind of stuff. And I noticed that on the Chiron now, they're putting you regent of red state. Andrew Malcolm, <laughs> regent of red state. <laughs> so that's now an official, that's official nomenclature. Oh, I guess it is. Well, I, uh, for a long, long time, since you invented it, I've had Prince of Twitter. I mean, uh, yeah, Prince of Twitter. I've had that on my uh, bio. Well, and, uh, you know, that's. Well, that's I, gotta, I guess I got to get region of red state. See, you got to get the region of red state. It's got to be, the, you know, you got to be able to do all of those things. Uh, have to figure yeah. out what, what kind of a neat hat regions have. Uh, well, don't don't get the one from don't get the one from Lord of the Rings because the regent in that one was insane. He was out of his mind. It was oh. Denethor, remember? No. I don't know. Well, yeah, but, maybe you never saw it, but no. But uh, yeah, I um, I'm I get a chuckle uh, every graduation season watching all the pomp um, of the graduation ceremonies. It's wonderful to have such positive reinforcement for the young people, but the the puffed up way that faculty gets, you know, with their special march and all their colored robes and everything out of the Middle Ages, it's just <laughs> yeah, just wear a tie. Well, yeah, just wear a tie. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of wearing a tie, I guess we should probably mention this since you brought it up. Have you seen John Fetterman's wardrobe? <laughs> In the Senate. Oh, jeez. Isn't that amazing? I saw when he came back and it looked like he was coming from a workout. He had a tattered sweatshirt and um and shorts bag, and, baggy yeah. basketball shorts and tennis shoes with no socks. Go uh, going into the Capitol. I I uh, I mean that's I don't I don't understand while I'm old. So I don't understand how those sorts of things become acceptable. Uh, I don't either. And, and I mean, look, this guy was always known for dressing down on the campaign trail, right? I mean, even before he had a stroke, he was known for well, that. So uh, what? I mean, right. there's an there, element of decorum. Right. As somebody else put it on Twitter, uh, you guys tax us to death. And, and um, I think a, at a minimum, showing up in a suit and tie is, is, is appropriate. <laughs> you know, he can't go onto the Senate floor like that. They're, they do have a dress code. So he's been casting his votes from the doorway. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. He just waits yeah. around, just waits around till the vote comes up and then he casts his vote from the doorway. And what I find most interesting about this is the media coverage of this. And you and I love to talk about the media, right? Yeah. So it's not yeah. new. Um, the media coverage of this is that, Oh, John Fetterman's depression is improving since he returned to the Senate. And you can tell that by the fact that he won't get dressed up for work. <laughs> it's like, yeah, really? I've never, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not a psychologist and I'm certainly not treating John Fetterman. And if his depression is getting better, I'm very happy for him and for his wife because nobody wants to, nobody wants anybody to be sick. 
but it's usually the opposite. Usually when you don't care about your <laughs> personal appearance is when people start worrying that you're getting depressed, right? This yeah, guy yeah. was wearing suits at one point and he's just kind of given up on it. And that doesn't sound to me like he's in a healthy frame of mind. Now, could be wrong, but the idea that the media isn't even bothering to ask the question, they're just regurgitating whatever it is that the spokesman say, oh yeah, you know, he's doing better. And you can tell that because he's, He's not wearing, you know, he's he's not dressing up yeah. for work. He's like, <laughs> he's wearing his jammies it's in case he has to go back to bed. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of what it looks like. And it, uh, just that the Diane Feinstein thing, which I find endlessly fascinating, the, oh. the you know, they're actually the media is actually going after Diane Feinstein where they're well, not. Because, John Fetterman. Right. Because they want to get somebody else in. Some, That's right. Another them. Yeah, they they want they want Feinstein out of there so that Gavin Newsom can replace Feinstein. The Feinstein's refusing to leave, uh, which is, you know, she she's already said she's not running again. So she's just going to be in there until. Yeah, write it out. Point. It's it, it's it's what they do. They, they don't talk about media. doesn't talk about it either. But the longer you're in the Senate, um, the bigger the pension. So when Joe Biden was running for vice president, he didn't leave the Senate. When Joe Biden got elected vice president, he didn't leave the Senate. And it wasn't until the early part of January in um, 2009 that he finally right. resigned. But that got him an extra, I don't know what, but an extra amount of pension. Well, so, now he's president, of course, he's going to be double dipping off of that too. Vice president, he had a pension. He'll get the pension for president, you know, presumably not for long. I mean, when yeah. he's, you know, he's already, he's already 80 years old. Uh, Feinstein's what, 88, 89? No, 89. Yeah. 89. Yeah. So, and again, she, and she looks, person. she looks 94. I mean, she just looks <laughs> awful. She does. She looks awful. And of course, she's coming up, uh, coming off of being sick with the shingles and encephalitis, which we just found out this past week. Right. Nobody mentioned that she had encephalitis until just the last few days. Um, yeah. But apparently, you know, that was while she was while the well, shingles was acute, because that's a yeah. that is a common complication for people her age who have shingles. Shingles are, is awful. Yeah. Uh, it is. My, my mother had shingles and it is awful i mean it's it, yeah so if you had chicken pox get the shingle shot <laughs> ed i did I, yeah i i i witnessed i witnessed my mother with the shingles so i got two shingle shots i'm just doubling down <laughs> yeah well, i just i mean they, they were like half dollar size blisters and they were like glass going into your skin it was just and it went on for weeks yeah it, it, this is not something like chicken pox i remember when i had chicken pox which is what makes you eligible for shingles um i was supposed to be in a dark room at my grandma's house for several days whoopie do so well i think i mean i think that was based on a misunderstanding that it was like scarlet fever which could affect your eyesight trickbox actually doesn't do that but i think that there was during that period of time there was some concern that it was like scarlet fever and it would affect your eyesight if you were in bright light but um and they didn't have yeah. tv either so 
No. Yeah. <laughs> and literally, when I when I first uh, we we used to spend part of the year up there. That was in Canada, and so everyone in my family was Canadian except for me. Uh, I mean, yeah, my dad had become an American. Um, she had one of those old phones, you know, where you pick it up and put it to your ear and. Oh yeah, I don't remember if you cranked it, but you picked it up, and and uh, uh, yeah, the house is gone now. But uh, uh, those, I, I, it's it's good, it's good memories. There's one of the, the getting old is is not always great, but of course it's better than the alternative. But um, <clears throat> it does give you a perspective, and you remember things that sound like Mars to. Uh, the people today true true and uh yeah and you can go out and shake your fist at the clouds and nobody's terribly surprised at it um <laughs> get off my lawn get off my damn lawn turn down that radio what's the matter with you kids i've been i've been practicing up now that i'm 60 i feel i i, I am i am ready to de deploy all of these things yeah. um but uh so i i just find it interesting that Every single thing that Diane Feinstein does, even though she's now casting votes, she's actually in the Senate. She's being wheeled around. Um, and the media is constantly talking about all of her infirmities. While at the same time, they're selling John Fetterman as, oh, yeah, no, he's totally fine. Yeah, I know. Can't put I his know. together. Can't put his and they were, together. And, and remember, they were all over Mark Kirk, who had a stroke. And he yes. was wheeled, and he was wheeled around because they wanted to get rid of, imagine that, a Republican from Illinois. Yeah, well, Chuck, I'm sure Chuck it was Percy and Mark Kirkie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and they didn't do that with um, oh, what's his name, the the um senator from New Mexico, but he's he's a you know relatively young guy. I think he was in his 40s when he had a stroke, and everybody expected him to recover, right? I mean, and and he did, he recovered. Um, but um, but this is different. I mean, she's infirm, and we get that. But so is John Fetterman, and he should be covered the same way that Diane Feinstein. Yeah. Everybody. exactly exactly yeah. but and joe uh, biden doesn't matter too but you know did you see his did you see his latest uh thing on on the budget oh boy okay i i, I don't i'm not going to play it but what i'm going to do is i'm going to read the transcript um oh. from, uh grabian on this because uh uh and then you can just imagine it in joe biden's voice because it sounds very much like joe biden's voice when i when i heard it. Ready? <laughs> i'm and ready I, to go at hey, the end of this, I, I at the end of this, I expect you to be able to diagram the sentences for me because I can't figure it out. And I used to do that for a living. All right. <clears throat> and there's a lot of other, for example, the idea that we're in terms of taxes that they refuse to, for example, we I was able to balance the budget and pass everything from the global warming bill. Anyway, I was able to cut by 1.7 billion in the first two years, the deficit that we were were accumulating. And because I was able to say that, uh, say that. The 55 corporations in America that made 40, uh, $400 billion or 40 billion, 400 billion that they, they paid zero in tax, zero. Now imagine hearing it like, and there's a lot of other, for example, and you kind of get the idea of what this was like, right? And I'd play it for and, you. And it just, and, and it just, no, never mind. And it just goes on. And, and people go, oh, well, that's Joe. Isn't this terrible? But nobody does anything. I mean, no. this is a guy at the summit. This is representing the United States. Right. Uh, you know, um, God forbid there's a second term, but 
he is already seen as weak across, I mean, of course he is, across the world. Yeah. Uh, Putin didn't start organizing the Ukraine invasion until Biden's predecessor was gone. Um, he did the he did the Crimea annexation when Obama and Biden were in office, um, and now we're hearing more about uh, China and Taiwan since Biden's predecessor is gone. Um, uh, yeah, God forbid what else could come from the world seeing oh this guy's not with it. We could do a lot of fun things yep well speaking of disparate coverage i gotta bring this up i forgot to mention this to you before we got started and andrew's gonna storm off the set here and say morrissey morrissey throws me curveballs damn it that's, that's, <laughs> i'm just kidding around um but i did mean to mention this dude and I, I forgot so you know i turned 60 so i'm starting to forget stuff anyway <laughs> yeah yeah i have a long memory in other in other in other ways and this story shows it right so politico on friday decided that they were going to profile casey DeSantis. Oh, right DeSantis yeah. have you seen this thing no go ahead right. oh yeah with the roger stone is the source yeah roger storm roger stone the guy who trump pardoned commuted his sentence and then pardoned they they've got him as a source for what uh for casey DeSantis and the and the DeSantis marriage this is have you ever noticed roger stone the notorious political mischief maker who is both a DeSantis antagonist and a many de decades long trump loyalist remarked in a telegram post last fall how much ron DeSantis's wife is uh casey is like lady Macbeth, an agent in other words of her husband's undoing now why did they even bother to pull a quote from um, Roger Stone and from a Telegram post several months ago in their own profile of Casey DeSantis? Yeah. Lady Macbeth, she's yeah. the power behind the throne. Well, you, know, you know, I hate to say this. Uh, well, I don't hate to say it because it pisses me off, but Politico is now owned by the Axel Springer media empire in, in Germany. Uh, and they're making very aggressive moves in the United States uh, to have influence here. Germany is not a fan of the United States. And so we will see uh, all kinds of, and, and they've done it to Ron DeSantis too. If you look at the headlines, same right. on the, same on the Hill. And you know, he's an outsider. Uh, he's not part of the Washington Guga that that uh, the fraternity um, and God bless Trump for not going to the White House correspondence dinners. Right. Um, I, I, uh, it's so pathetic. And, and we're just fitted day after day after day. Um, but I think the, I think the country is learning to dismiss much of it. Well, I think they're ignoring a lot of this. Yeah, uh, and, that's what and, I mean. Yeah. And, and it's eroding the credibility of outfits like Politico. And 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 a couple more things about this Politico thing, because I, I I wrote up a piece about this because I was really annoyed by this. Um, I want to read you. A, I want to read you how they how they framed a quote. <laughs> okay, um, yeah. and. Um, 
you'll um uh I think you'll I think you'll catch on to what the issue is right here. Okay, Casey DeSantis, the wife of Ron DeSantis, just a few minutes before at a table in the crowd, had looked oddly disengaged. Listening to him give a speech this past Saturday evening in a drab hotel conference room here, sitting somewhat stiffly, clapping intermittently, her face flat and her shoulders almost slumped. Now, though, having been prompted to join him on stage, she turned in expression and tone suddenly, noticeably, suddenly and noticeably brighter. That's a good question, she cooed. Cooed. Cooed, yeah, cooed. Yeah, because what, 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 Republican women coo. What's the, what's the byline? Uh, Michael Cruz, who's a uh, senior staff writer at Politico and Political Magazine. This is actually Political Magazine that this appeared in. Same thing. But I mean, this whole thing is, oh, well, you know, she's just there for the power. She's not really interested in the politics, blah, blah, well, blah, blah, you know, blah. Well, she she's a TV veteran, you know, so you turn it on when the camera's on. I, I mean, he turns it on when they go on stage, you know, yeah, yeah exactly. Other people backstage, they're they're thinking about other things or checking their email. Then when their name gets called, you they're on. Up, you're straighten up and you're on. I mean, I. I don't know why this is somehow odd <laughs> to Michael Cruz. Maybe he's just got out of college. I don't think that's the case. I think Cruz has been around for a while. Um, but I'm pretty sure that they have never used the word cooed to describe <laughs> what Jill. a woman says on stage. Yeah, and they certainly didn't do it with Jill. And that was actually part of my post because, Andrew, this might surprise you, but three weeks earlier, <laughs> they had written a... Um, a profile of Dr. Jill Biden, by the way, yeah, right, you know, right. Dr. Jill, Biden. don't be a misogynist, Dr. Jill Biden. Right. 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 And to say that the tone of these two pieces differs is to say, you know, um, that um, Jeffrey Epstein kind of had a bad day in court once. Um, yeah. This is, yeah. I mean, uh, they attempted to paint Jill Biden as Joe's gut check in deciding to run for a certain term. Um, this is a different writer, of course. Eugene Mc, uh, Eugene Daniels wrote the, the Jill Biden one. There's no mention of Lady Macbeth, no power behind the throne. There's no word. They never use the word coup in any in any yeah. form. Or, you know, Jill not. Biden yeah. doesn't coup, apparently. Um, and her gentle and this is this is this is a poll quote here. Her gentle encouragement of her husband's re-election run run comes as she's relishing her role, hanging out the Super Bowl and the women's final four, and actively posting on social media. Unlike the cliche applied to wives of major political figures that they're the secret weapon behind their husband's success, there's nothing that secret about the role she is playing. <laughs> um, so she's relishing her role, involved in all the high-level discussions, while Casey DeSantis is uncommonly un involved which is from michael cruz's piece the power behind the throne and people around the DeSantis's fear casey's retribution yeah. same magazine same yeah. publication um yeah. and so that's i wrote funny. standards standards if politico didn't have two of them they wouldn't have any <laughs> that's why i'm going to go and retweet that post that we, we got to get that out more oh my gosh um, it was so bad i uh the my column on sunday was uh, about DeSantis coming in and and uh, Trump and a bunch on Biden. And I found a picture that is, to me is just priceless, which I had not seen anywhere before. Waiting to go on stage, there's Joe Biden, Jill Biden, and Joe Biden in a hallway. And he is doing what he does to females. 
He's got her by the shoulders. He's got his nose in by her ear. And I don't know if he's sniffing. It sure looked like it. And she has the look on her face. I facetiously called it an enduring love. But she has a, a, a look on her face of, I'm trying to be so patient. I'm trying <laughs> to be right so now. patient. Hang on, yeah. you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna share this. Hang on for just a second. I can I can I can share oh, this. Uh, I can share good. this over here. Isn't just... isn't? Yeah. There you go, folks. That's the look at yeah. Look at that. Look at that face on her. Oh, she's not happy. <laughs> she is not happy. That's oh. all I can say. Not oh. happy. Um, and I remember yeah. last last month when remember when Joe got to rambling on a speech and said that. She leaves him little sticky notes, and one recent one on his bathroom mirror was, please, no, stop trying to make me love you. Mm. Yeah. yeah, okay. Cringe, cringe. And, but to, to have it happen, but then to share it with the world, Ugh. and yeah. to not have the filter, to not have the filter to know that the world goes, Ooh. Yeah, that's that's not good. Um the um stop trying to make me love you. Jeez. Did you see did you see them in Japan? Because he was in Japan. Um, yeah, yeah, last he week. was. Yeah. Did you see did you see this where he's um being greeted in Hiroshima by I believe it's the uh prime minister and his wife, uh Fumio Kishida? Right. So I'm gonna try to play. Did you see this? Um, well, I saw some of it. I don't know what you're talking about. Let me see if I can let me see if I can share this because this actually this actually I would like to share. Um so let me do this and share the sound so that you can hear it. Um I am gonna skip forward here because there's a, a, a pretty long period of waiting. So they, they show up. Are you I'm not sure if you can do this. So he's shaking hands and and he does this weird sort of martial arts pose with the Prime Minister's wife, first off, but that was about. And then they're supposed to stand for a picture and just guess. We'll figure it out. Like this. So in case you didn't hear it, what the first lady is saying is he'll figure it out. <laughs> the prime minister is trying to do boy, girl, boy, girl, right? Right. <laughs> Pretty. And, and that's also normally the way that you would have. Normally, the host couple would be on either side and the guest couple would be on the inside. Right. That's, and that's not unusual. You've seen it probably thousands of yeah. times, right? Right, right. Biden got lost in a four-person setup for a picture with, with, I mean. How you, yeah. How does that happen? I don't. Well, I know how it happens. Just, I think most people, and I, and I wrote about this in the column, most people who have had, who have watched a loved one decay away um, have seen the look in Joe's eyes. Um, in their loved one, uh, and that is that there's the the person you know is no longer in there. 
Yep. Yeah. I mean, he's still there because I mean, I still pick out the authentic Joe Biden. That's not a compliment, by the way. But uh, but but he is clearly there's a competency issue here. And the media is not talking about that, just like they're not talking about it with Fetterman, but they're throwing Dianne Feinstein under the bus over it. And it's because they have a particular agenda. All right. Let's I want to talk about Tim Scott getting in the race. Yeah, Uh, that's interesting. What did you think of the what did you think of his speech? I don't know how much of it you get a chance to, to watch. Well, I I I, uh, I had the text and it it to me it was interesting and kind of refreshing in the sense that um it was optimistic, you know? I mean, yes. so so many of these people get into the race and everything's wrong and I'm here to fix it. And uh he's here to say you know that he's created a wonderful life thanks to his mother uh and america and um the implication is that he can do it for others i don't i don't know that he has much of a chance but he certainly has the right to run and he certainly has a lot of money he's got he's got 22 million in the bank right now which is a good which is good good sum it's it's still far below trump and desantis but it's still a good sum except here's the thing yes it is below but DeSantis is uh, DeSantis's money is tied up in lots of different committees, which all have different restrictions. Right. That's right. Tim Tim Scott's twenty two million is Tim Scott's twenty two million to deal with as he wishes, uh, and that's that's pretty powerful. They've already bought, I believe, uh, a major a major ad campaign. You know, I wish him luck. I think uh, I think he's. Um, He's a good man, and I point out that he he became a senator because a good woman who was governor, Nikki Haley, nominated him. So, um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a couple of people uh, splitting up the South Carolina vote, which in the primary uh, for the Republican primary is usually the one that's decisive. So uh, yeah. once again, splitting up the vote, which is what Trump is hoping for. Uh, you know, I and I wrote about this in the column too. He got, he won, he lost Iowa in 2016, but he won um, uh, New Hampshire with like I think 35 percent of the vote. But the other candidates got in the 60s combined, and you know that's good for Trump because they split up <laughs> an overwhelming amount which if it was for one other or two other candidates would have likely beat him and the same thing happened in um South Carolina um where uh uh Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz were the only major competitors and of course they were out immediately afterwards uh but together they got more than Trump did uh, once again so he's counting on uh, a plurality being sufficient um and if there are a lot of candidates and uh, you know the sound is that of course the sandus is getting in this week and then i saw that chris christie is close to coming in and then there's mike pence and um <laughs> and somebody else well larry elder is talking about getting in the race too is uh, well, uh yeah i think yeah and um um, so there's there's five officially now plus or i guess it's six now with with scott um and then DeSantis makes seven 
I I don't think they're going to get up to the, the numbers of 2016 when there were 17. <laughs> I hope not. I mean, just because it's unwieldy, you know. And the oh, other thing yeah. is, I, I I still think this is going to come down to a two-person race. It's going to come down to Trump and whoever isn't Trump. And I think DeSantis is very clearly by far the leader in that lane. I am very excited about Tim Scott, though. Um, and today's rally shows why. I, I did watch a good chunk of that, by the way. I didn't watch it live. I watched it, I watched it um, on video while I was writing my post about this. And I think we forget just how good he is on on stage, right? He's very good at connecting with audiences. Had this really wonderful moment with his mother. He calls his mother up to the stage, and and, and I I cannot remember what the connection is to this other woman. It's another obviously very close uh, friend or or um, some sort of relation to him. And he gives them each a bouquet of flowers. Um, he talks about how much his how much his mother believes in uh, its character that counts and, and raising him the way that she did and all that and how much he appreciates that. It was really nice. And yeah. he's kind of self-deprecating all the way through it saying, well, now I got to, you know, when it was over, he says, well, now I got to start the speech over again. <laughs> and he was talking, talking to the person with the, you know, with the teleprompter, well, you got to start over again from the beginning. <laughs> and people are laughing in the audience and, you know, it, it, he was having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's very, he's very and he's comfortable. He's very comfortable. Yes very comfortable, uh, talks about um, faith-based themes, I think better than, certainly better than Trump, probably better than DeSantis, maybe even more um, with more emotional resonance than Mike Pence does. Mike Pence certainly knows how to talk about, you know, faith-based um, values and that sort of thing. And he's very good at it, but Mike Pence is more reserved. He's a little less engaging in that sense. He's more yeah. intellectual, whereas, um, uh, Tim Scott's going to make it fun and he's going to make it optimistic. It's very much a Reagan-y sort of thing today. You know, it's, um, you know, the um, back to a morning in America sort of approach. The Democrats, you know, and he mostly aimed at Democrats. I got to say, though, one of the big messages out of this, and it's consistent with what Scott's has said in the past, is that he wants to run against the uh, culture of grievance and the culture of victimhood. Now, I was talking with Larry O'Connor. <laughs> I told Larry, I said, yeah, that's going to play well in a general election, right? I mean, that's obviously going to be one of the things that you're going to want to attack Biden over. And he's attacking Biden explicitly in this. But I said, come on, culture, the grievances and victimhood are playing a role in the primary, too. And you've got to think that that was not a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. No, he's very smart. And you talk about connecting with audiences he connects with donors he's a wonderful fundraiser yes. joe biden has a reputation for being terrible so somehow uh, fundraiser so somebody else has got to do that for him and you know the dnc and all that and they're trying to protect him by not having any primary debates and you know i have a suspicion uh, you and i talked about this well part of it before one i i have no inside knowledge but i simply cannot believe that Joe Biden will end up as the nominee of the Democrat Party. He may very well, but I, I can't believe he's so thoroughly damaged. Every time he comes out, he does something else to add to it. And there's, what is it, 62%, I think, in the most recent polls that he's just not up to being 
mentally uh, president. Uh, I think Robert Kennedy, I don't think Robert Kennedy is going to get, Junior is going to get the nomination, but he's going to, they see him coming. That's why there's no debates. I think he's 62. He uh, he's going to make trouble. He's you know he's one of these anti-vaccine guys. Um, yeah, he's a nut. I mean, let's just yeah, face it. Robert F. Kennedy. I know, I know but as a as a uh, what's the word palatable alternative in a primary when it doesn't seem to matter to a lot of people. Um, I think I think he's going to have a better showing than anyone, certainly a better showing than Marianne Williamson, but a better showing than, yeah. than many expect. And well, I also think Tim Scott is going to do better than, than people expect. I think you're right about that because I think people are going to be attracted to, to, to his, his optimism and his, and, and, and his passion. Um, you know, DeSantis is good on the stump too, but DeSantis is more of a, a guy who is um, sort of a take charge kind of guy. I don't know that you. I don't know that you'd say that DeSantis is particularly inspiring on the stump, but he's very effective and he is um, efficient. I would say on the stump. Um, he's built up else. a hell of a record. Oh yeah, and that's oh, what he's running on, and that's no. usually what Republicans respond to anyway. Is no. executive records? We'll see if that still holds. Um, in the uh, present, you know, conservative populism. But going back to the Democrats, you know, Joe Biden's campaign screwed up by not getting him on the on the ballot in time in New Hampshire. I don't know if you've been following that. They're trying to figure out a backdoor way to get him on the ballot because if he's not on the ballot, people aren't going to be able to vote for him. They're going to hold a primary, and he's going to lose it. Uh, I know, but he's people. he's trying to crap on New, on New Hampshire because they they didn't. Uh... He didn't go for him in 20. Yeah. But um, my feeling on RFK is that functionally speaking, the best that you can think of RFK Jr., um, who's an authoritarian nutcase. um, (laughs) I just want to get that in there one more time. He's an authoritarian nutcase. Can I say that again? Authoritarian nutcase. The best that you can, I don't want to say the best, but I, I think the most likely outcome of his campaign won't be that he's going to seriously challenge Joe Biden for the nomination. But I think of him more in terms of a Eugene McCarthy kind of kind yeah. of potential, right? You know, Eugene McCarthy never really presented a serious threat to Lyndon Johnson. If Lyndon Johnson had decided to stick out the 1968 campaign, Eugene McCarthy wouldn't have beaten him to the to the nomination. But Eugene McCarthy embarrassed him. I believe it was also in New Hampshire uh, by coming in a very close second, if I recall correctly. And that was what led LBJ to say, you know what? <laughs> Who needs this? Really, yeah, I, I clearly am not going to have the traction to win a re-election campaign and decided to take a pass after after Eugene McCarthy. And that was when, you know, the, the original RFK got involved or shortly after that it wasn't actually it wasn't right. actually immediate um right. and and this was you know uh a number of people got into the race at that time uh bobby kennedy being one of the later entrants but bobby kennedy ended up winning a bunch of these later primaries it was on the cusp of wrapping up the nomination when he was assassinated in los angeles um 
and then of course the 1968 convention happened, which was a disaster for Democrats. But um, you know, but, uh, but Humphrey came close to beating Nixon. Yeah, Humphrey ends up with the nomination, and it was a close election in 1968. Um, but um, that to me is not that we're talking about assassinations, but that to me is is about as about as close as rfk jr is going to get to this he'll be gene mccarthy if he if he can embarrass biden in an early primary simply by just showing up yeah because they're not going to have debates don't forget the dnc just like the rnc did last cycle the dnc is saying we're not doing debates we've got a nominee it's joe biden um but if he gets on the ballot and embarrasses biden in that in, in that primary then i think that signals that Biden's too weak to be reelected. And then everybody starts looking at getting in. Gavin Newsom might jump in. Um, a couple other governors might jump in. The guy in Maryland might jump in. He's a first termer, but you know, he might decide to jump in. I can't remember his name right now. Westmore. Uh, Westmore. Thank you. Um, but then I think you start seeing open season and that primary becomes very, 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 very interesting, very, 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 very fast. <laughs> You know, I, I, I got back in those early years, um, the late 60s and early 70s, I got to spend some time with Hubert Humphrey uh, covering his campaign. And um, you talk about ap- optimism. There, there was a, the most, um, he, he, he may have been, may, maybe Scott will give him a run for it, but he may have been the most cheerful, optimistic candidate. That the I happy just, warrior. Just, he was yeah. a happy warrior. He was original just, happy warrior. Just by in, in, instinct, he was yep. basically optimistic. And um, remember, I, I happened to see over the weekend a, a tape of Ronald Reagan telling one of his jokes about they had uh, this couple that had one son who was a terrible pessimist and one son who was a, a terrible optimist. And so they went to a therapist. Therapist says, "I know what to do." So they gave, they took the son in, the pessimist son, into a room, and they gave him all the greatest toys in the world. And then they took the other son, the optimist, and they put him in a room with a couple tons of horse manure. And uh, they went to the kid in the, the the pessimist kid, and he said, "Oh, these are wonderful toys, but someone's going to come and take them away." <laughs> And they went, they went to the optimist kid and he's digging into the manure. And he said, there must be a pony in here somewhere. (laughs) I love that. I love that joke with all this shit. be a pony in here someplace. I know people like that too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So I guess we've gotten to the jokes part of our uh, oh, really? oh, really? of our wow. podcast. Yeah, because it's getting yeah, we, we, we've been on this for a while. So all right, I've got a I got a couple of them for you, and I know you've all got right. a couple for me. Hit, hit me. All right. I've written a musical called Goldfish. It's very similar to Cats, although memory is a lot shorter. <laughs> mm-hmm. I saw one meme that said, um, if, uh, if cats could text you, they wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll let you go next because. Uh, okay, well, we got uh, Jay Leno says, uh, 
Uh, these are old now. Uh, Obama says the IRS targeting conservative groups is outrageous. And he vows to put his top Benghazi investigators on the case. <laughs> and then uh, Jay Leno um, on that line, he says, there's so many scandals now for Barack Obama, the IRS, uh, uh, Fast and Furious. You know, it's really bad when Obama says, hey, let's talk about Benghazi. <laughs> yeah that's a tell <laughs> yeah, that's a tell that's a tell boy when you know when you go down that we've done this but when you go down the list of scandals that he, he says he never had any but yeah. fast and furious and Solyndra, and now this 500 and 535 million dollars taxpayer money uh bailed out Solyndra, whose owner overwhelmingly majority owner was an Obama bundler. Right. And let's not forget the Durham report, which showed that Obama knew that the, that the whole Russia collusion thing was a Hillary Clinton dirty trick and pretended yeah. that it was on the, on the level for years, pretended it was on the level, still is pretending that it's on the level. Yeah. 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 All right. I got one for you. Okay. Couldn't sleep last night. So I decided to read the dictionary by 3 AM. I was past caring. <laughs> just past caring all right one more i got one more for you okay all right man goes to his pastor and says i i really need you to pray for my hearing so the pastor says all right lays hands on both sides of the man's head and says uh, you know praise for praise for the hearing and he says when he's done he says so now how's your hearing man says i don't know it isn't until next tuesday <laughs> i like that i like those i like those twists i, I love a good twist i love a good twist yeah, yeah all right exactly. well i think we're just about wrapped up for this week and uh andrew malcolm the prince of twitter the official regent of red state that's right that's right look at the chiron just yeah. look at the chiron says regent of red state.com um He'll have new VIP stuff to, uh, next week when we, when we get together again. Andrew, and by the way, you can find him on Twitter at A.H. Malcolm because he is the prince of Twitter as well That's as right. Andrew, thanks so much. Can't wait to talk next week. Okay, buddy. Take care. Thanks, everybody.